AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel, and welcome to Bar Talk. Scrolling in my bed, I see something that I wish I hadn't tried again, I cry again and meant to fall asleep But now all that I can see is your nudity beat It doesn't include me and Do you love me anymore? Am I just a reminder of the things you thought you used to care for? Every time I check my phone, it's for your number alone Nothing left to say, I guess I just wanna hear You miss the way I smile at you and say Do you love me anymore? Am I just a reminder of the things you thought you used? Sage and you're listening to AMR.
Feeling it yet? You're feeling it? I'm feeling it, Daniel. Pump it up. One, two, let's go. Yeah, it's me, Big D, Daniel M. Per, right here. Welcome to Bar Talk. Bar Talk, that's right. Bar Talk, episode 62. Coming right at you. You know, it's a ball. It's a cricket ball that's been pitched. It's been batted. And you're sitting in the front row of the stands. And there are, they've hit a six and it's about to hit your forehead. You're going on a very expensive tri- trip to hospital, my friend. But right now, let's hallucinate with a brand new episode of Bar Talk. That's right, it's me, Daniel M. Pern, coming to you with some of the best independent tracks from Australia and New Zealand and occasionally the Pacific Islands. And of course, interviewing those damn artists. For those of you who have never tuned into Bar Talk before, uh, I, I offer you my warmest of welcomes. So warm, in fact, that you'll be boiling as you slip into my sultry voices. Is that how it works? I think that's how it works. Eh, who cares how it works? I'm here to tell you how it works instead. Yes, well, if you want to know what we do on this show, it's pretty much as I described. <laughs> See those, those songs you just came off? How good were they? It was pure good, wasn't it? 100% pure brilliance. Actually, and 100% Perth, because uh, those were two Perth artists uh, coming at you. That was a super thick, 
with Baby I Feel Love and before that, Grace Sanders with Scrolling. Now, I suggest you stop scrolling because I'm going to tell you all about these these songs right now. Now, Grace Sanders, you reckon you've heard that name before? I reckon you have because we've played her on the show. Way back, episode 36, uh, we played a previous single, Dissipate, and this is an even newer single. Oh, would you believe it? Yeah, no, um, scrolling. Uh, I'll tell you what, I like it. I like it a lot. Bit, bit, bit cool in terms of like how it vamps up from a relatively quiet start into the quite a interesting little synth progression towards the end of each chorus. I, I bloody loved it, I tell you. It was it's weird and atonal and it just it was cool. It was just really cool. Like it's, it's one of those ones where it just on paper it shouldn't work, but I, it just does. Uh, kudos to the production there. Um, nice little bass accents too, actually, when she can sort of half hear them, you know, very well mixed, must I say so myself. But um, what has Grace been up to? Well, she had um, a debut EP earlier in the year called Gums, which I'm guessing, which is what Dissipate was was part of, because this is the first single since that release. And she's back with a bloody vengeance. Um, her producing partner, Ezekiel, and excuse me if I mispronounce his surname, Ezekiel Padmanathbatham, I think is how you pronounce it. Apologies if I didn't. Uh, sort of co-produced this song together, and it's bloody cool. I like it. Good shit. Apparently, it's about uh, it's the equivalent of a modern breakup song where these days you have to take into account usually the old uh, breakups done via the textaroo or, you know, via this brand new fandangled thing called the motional cedias or the CD motionals or the social medias as the uh, real big boys call it. But, yeah, it's about sort of exploring the idea of intimacy in this sort of modern, crazy age that we live in, COVID or otherwise. But uh, Grace apparently had a little single launch on September 25th, which was last week. So, again, we miss out on all the good shit. But never mind, it was in Perth, so I wouldn't have been able to get in anyway. I hope all you bastards that got (laughs) free entry had a lot of fun. I digress. Grace is doing... Well, she'll continue stro- scrolling on through the the you know the through the achievements, and I, I wish her all the best. Right after that, though, I hope you bloody had your funk shoes on. Talk about a name. Talk about a fucking thick ass song. It was super thick with "Baby I Feel Love." Oh, and "Baby I Love This Song." It's such a cla- I loved it. Classic funk disco. You know, liquid bass, and you know. Quite little guitar work that you just absolutely expect from this kind of stuff. Um, and then when you get to the chorus, just all rhythm. Did you hear that? I was, I was honestly getting some very tasty Donny Benet vibes. It's, it's been a while since uh, somebody's uh, tried to do his alley, you know, tried to, you know, step on his alleyway of music. Um, but, yeah, again, another Perth act. Super Thick have oh, just, just are just ready to bring on the summer by the sounds of it. That's what well, that's what they reckon they're trying to do. Uh, the song, though, was a couple of years old, and it's it's good to see them finally get out there and recording that shit, you know. It's never too late to do it. You like a song that you've written, bloody do it, even if it's been a few years. But honestly, again, I uh, hope, hope you guys do really well, and best of luck to Super Thick as well for whatever they've got coming up. Brilliant stuff from both artists. Now, uh, as always, as I said before, we interview an artist each of the week, and soon I'll be telling you a little bit about that. But beforehand, we've got to get straight into two more, oh, shall we say, funky little songs, actually. Actually, actually, the first one in particular. I can't believe we've got 
two funk songs in a row. Uh, next song is called Summer Thieves, and the song's called Saturday Night. You know, talking about getting ready for the weekend as a release, just easing into the weekend. Friday night turns into Saturday. Bloody good. I love it. But get ready for your party shoes because uh, Summer Thieves, all the way from WA, uh, WA I was going to say. No, wrong side. NZ, New Zealand, Aotoa, Roa. Bloody, oh, that Kiwi funk getting on it, eh? Trying to work out where these guys are from, but uh, I couldn't quite find it. Nonetheless, they have, however, been playing a lot in Dunedin. So maybe they're from Dunedin. I don't know. Do they know VK, if that's the case? If so, fucking funk, drum and bass sounds like an interesting mix. Uh, I digress. Uh, These guys are one of the biggest up-and-coming names in NZ Music. So I hear, and this particular song was co-written with a couple of guys from LAB, which are another artist we've played on this show. Bit different to to the last one you just heard in terms of funk. You know, some of you guys think it sounds exactly the same. I digress. It does not. You know, I beg to differ. Um, but however, one thing that is so similar is the tight, tight guitar work, uh, especially how it interacts with the vocals in the chorus. Yeah, it's, it's what you want for some good, solid, rhythmic interaction. Mm, yeah, uh, good little solo too towards the end, which you'll hear. Apart from that, though, just. Mm, solidly beautiful vocals throughout, you know, absolute full of soul. You, you can't ask for more for this type of song. Uh, it's certainly a, a dance, you know, classic 70s, got your flayed jeans kind of song. I love it. A lot of throwbacks this week, which you'll hear throughout the episode, a lot of throwbacks sort of styles. Uh, after that, though, after that, though, we have Neon Dreams with Say It Out Loud featuring South African artist Thandaza Gatya. And I do apologise if the pronunciation was um, was incorrect. There, I, I'm assuming that there's a silent M in that. However, I tell you what, total change up that you'll see going full from the funk to like the anthemic rock and roll. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. In fact, such a cool mix of styles. Again, another New Zealand artist, Neon Dreams. Where are they from, you ask? They're from Halifax. And they're a uh, duo from that part of the world, and they enlisted the um, the the talents of as I was aforementioned South African artist Thandazo Gacha. The song apparently was inspired by their little uh, South African tour they had earlier in the year, which is an interesting interesting choice to tour around. But you know, that's I think that's pretty cool. And apparently, their previous single called "Life Without Fantasies" <laughs> peaked number two on the South African charts, just behind gets. Gatcha's uh, single at the time, which they thought was w- definitely was a sign from the universe that they had to work together, and yada yada yada. Here it is. It's a cool duo. Uh, well, duet. I mean, if you want to call a three-person, two-artist slog uh, a duet, I suppose it's a triet would be the uh, proper term. But I don't know. I just made up that word on the spot. It's just what I do, folks. But I, I like the mix of styles. It had this sort of you know almost early early imagined dragons. Anthemic thing with like the, I think it's like the ukulele or the or something similar, some weird mini stringed instrument, which, which you know, Imagine Dragons had this weird obsession with for a while. It sort of reminds me a bit of that with the with the anthemic chorus, um, but mixed in with this sort of South African, you know, style. Which I, I don't know what I don't know what the proper term is. Again, we're not a South African musicians radio. Maybe there is a South African an SAMR, but we're not SM. S- I'm getting getting it mixed up. We're not an SAMR. We're an AMR. Do Aussie and Kiwi music, and those those bloody South Africans. They just they just slip in every now and again. But no, apart from that, 
I, I heard a little bit of gated, gated uh, snare in the chorus. It's been a while since I've heard that sneak in. Yes, the eighties wanted their the eighties called. They want their reverb back, but <laughs> but no, uh, I really liked how how it was sort of the really anthemic sort of production choices on the chorus. Uh, yeah, good little hook, hook, good stuff, guys. I guess well, maybe we shouldn't stop to think about it anymore. Maybe we should just press play. Here they are, folks. A couple of awesome tracks. Summer Thieves with Saturday Night and after that, Neon Dreams featuring Thantazo Gacha with Say It Out Loud right here on Bar Talk. I still remember the time when I saw you walking down the road. I wanted to say hello, but I was too scared. I just went home. I looked myself in the mirror, got myself back together. Oh, I'm home. Arthur Brother said, No, she's too good for you, boy. Just go home. 
Hi, this is Shakira, and you're listening to AMR. Is there somewhere else you want to be? Somewhere in your wildest dreams To say it out loud Say it out loud Oh, you don't wanna hurt me to say it It's gonna hurt me if you don't say it now Won't you say it now Yes, and three times, yes, please. Say it out loud. That was by Neon Dreams featuring Fantazo Gacha. And before that, Saturday Night by Summer Thieves. You are, of course, listening to Bar Talk. I haven't changed the channel on you. I haven't switched the music across. It's still just as good as it always is. Mm. Yeah. I should have meant, I don't think I mentioned before, too, just this week. It was just so much music I had to pick. And to be honest, like, just... Some interesting styles. I'll tell you what, stuff that you wouldn't normally expect to hear, uh, those songs are definitely included. Now, I've got to tell you about what we're, what we're, who we interviewed this week. Who did we interview? Jeannie Boy. Not from WA, not from New Zealand, from the Gold Coast. The Gold, you hear that? The Gold Coast. It's been a while since I've chatted to someone from that part of the world. And, uh, you know, got to occasionally remind myself why people decide to live in that hellhole. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, no, um, Aisha and Scott from Genie Boy, uh, we had a good old chat to them about, well, all things Genie, giving you your wishes, telling you how how she rolls, I guess, 
uh, how the the Gold Coast music scene rolls. I guess it rolls. I don't know how else it travels. Anyway, you're going to hear all about that soon. We had a fun, we had a fun, fun, fun chat because um, they just released actually a new EP. If you have something to say, and boy, do they have something to say about it. Uh, quite a lot, actually. That's why we have an interview. <laughs> but no, uh, you're going to hear, <laughs> you're going to hear one of their tracks off that EP real shortly called Bruises was also a previous single but i'm going to talk about the song we're about to play because i'm all about that uh hectic fucking push everyone along kind of vibe today but another wa artist actually i don't know why <laughs> so many so many wa artists this week we've it's been a while since we've had this many in a row uh duncan sage whomst is no stranger to be played on amr well, i think we've been playing i think gar's been playing him you know you know, ever since he started putting out singles about four years ago. But yes, uh, Duncan Sage, a staple of that part of the world's music scene, I guess, He's just come out with a brand new single called uh, Start All Over. And to tell you what, it's good. I like it. Me like very much. Uh, you know why? Because you remember I said before how there's a lot of throwback kind of tracks this week, and this one is definitely no exception. Um this is all, all, all the way uh, an imitation, a '60s imitation song that sort of tries to tries to capture that dream pop sound from that period. You know, everything from like the riding hats, you know, the picked, the picked guitars, arpeggiated guitars, the tambourine, the ooze. It's all there, folks. It's all there. It's a fucking, it's a fucking good track. If you don't mind me saying, total soundtrack, total soundtrack fodder. Oh, absolutely! I'm surprised Netflix hasn't gobbled this one up yet because this is this is totally one of their like one of the songs that you'd hear in these like transition phases. It's definitely a song they'd put over the top of of a falling in love montage. You know, to it's definitely a guy and a girl. It's definitely a heterosexual couple right here. This is this is full for those for those people who are of the uh, queer variety listening tonight. Uh, you know, us straight people, we have a culture as well, don't you worry. But yeah, this is this is total het- total super hetero, you know. <laughs> we have culture too. We're like white people, surprisingly. We have culture. No, but in all seriousness, you can imagine this song being played during a during like a, a cute date scene. You know, they're, they're going on these cute dates. It's it's for you know, it's for those Netflix shows where they've run out of budget and they've got to keep everything grounded, quote, to minimize, you know, production costs. Um <laughs> Why am I shit talking Netflix? I don't know why I decided to do that. Just because of this again, Duncan, you've got to hit up Netflix. This has got to be in one of their, one of the upcoming fucking mini mini series or whatever they've got going. But in all seriousness, great track, Duncan. Love it. Hence why we've included it. Uh, the Lucky Bastards got a tour coming up. You know this this month. Forgot it's October as of release. Starting next Friday, October eighth in Albany. Moving on to Denmark, not the country, but I've heard the place, the only place in WA where they can grow strawberries. little fun fact there, or raspberries, one of the two. Anyway, Aubrey's playing in Aubrey, Denmark, Esperance, Subiaco, and Dunsborough in that particular order. Finishing up on October 17th for that last date. For more info, and I'm guessing tickets, visit his Facebook page. It's Facebook.com forward slash Duncan Sage Music is bloody tagged in the in the description of this show. So fucking click on the link, folks. You got no blood excuse. There's a music video too. Go and watch it. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Let's let's play the bloody track. 
Duncan Sage, start all over. And right after that, Bruises by Jeannie Boy. And I'll be chatting to Jeannie Boy. There's nothing I could do to save that night. The last heart to hide in mid-July. It was time to say goodbye. We're Genie Boy from the Gold Coast. And you're listening to AMR. I used to think I bruise easy. I used to wear old scars. Like pain was in fashion. Just a bit of trivia. Now I don't go digging. Never dip my finger in trouble. Cause I've been a hard man.
Guys, welcome back to Bar Talk right here on AMR or wherever you get your damn podcasts. It's uh, coming to you with an absolutely phenomenal track right there called Bruises. It's uh, not a damaging song. It's not a hurdy-hurdy song. In fact, I felt goody-goody after that. So, goody-goody two-shoes. Uh, you can get those lamps out, rub them three times, and make as many wishes as you like. But, in fact, I've got one wish for you guys. I'm going to rub my lamp now. <laughs> genie, genie of the bottle. Yes, Daniel. I grant you three wishes. Oh, well, I only need one today, Genie. Why is that? Uh, can you get Genie Boy on the podcast for me? Oh, you know I can. Oh, wow. Look at it. It's Genie Boy all oh. the way from the Gold oh. Coast. <laughs> Alicia Where are and we? Scott. How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> You're trapped now. You guys up for an interview? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But no. Way to go home. <laughs> but no, I haven't. I haven't coerced them uh, via <laughs> via wish. They are uh, they they did voluntarily come on. Uh, also- Nevertheless, that was the best introduction we've ever had. Yes, ten points. Mwah, thank <laughs> you, guys. I love you to bits. But no, <laughs> well, welcome to the show, guys. Um, it's a good to have. Have you guys, Genie Boy? No, that is their actual name, guys. Genie Boy with me on the over the phone to chat about. I don't know what are we going to chat about? Like your EP, bit of this and that, perhaps. Maybe have it a bit of fun, eh? Maybe earthquakes. <laughs> oh, don't steal my thunder. <laughs> well, don't steal my don't steal my shakes. We have, we have nothing to talk about earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys, Gold Coast. What do you guys got? Bloody beach casinos. <laughs> Sunshine, damn that sunshine. A bit of sunshine. Don't you guys have, like, I think, I I thought, you know, I've been told the whole, like, Queensland, Southeast Queensland has sunshine is a bit of a, bit of a fraud because I've been told (laughs) that compared to a lot of other parts of the country, actually, you guys get a lot more rainy days than say it. So, every town you go past. Because you notice that every time you travel through a town, they go, has more sunny days than the Gold Coast. 
It's like if half the country has more sunny days than the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast, maybe they shouldn't call it that. Oh. Well, I guess we're almost tropical. So in summer, it's yeah, we get a shitload of rain. Yeah. Either a shitload of rain or a shitload of bushfires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I reckon. I reckon whoever. So either you, P, you know, the, the Cold Coast Sunshine Coast PR guy is the smartest fucking bloke around. <laughs> <had. laughs> you guys are just frauding the rest of the country, isn't that right? <laughs> we get all the tourists. All the tourists, <laughs> and they never leave. They never leave satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I was told there wouldn't be any monsoon up here. <laughs> so, um, uh, you guys can take bag the shit out of Melbourne whenever you feel like it in this interview, um, because I feel like if you're not, if you're only, if you're only, if you're only giving and never receiving, it's never a good look. I feel like I feel like Melbourne's received enough lately, hasn't it? <laughs> See, oh, <laughs> could, it while it's down. I didn't ask for empathy right now. I asked for some fighting <laughs> words. <laughs> All right, guys, um, we're not here to joke around the weather, all right? I know as much as you, like, you can you can bag shit about the weather all day. Uh, that's not, you know, this isn't the weather channel, guys. This isn't the weather talk podcast. It's the bar talk podcast where we only interview the best independent artists. Um, and I'm sure you guys have got a lot to say, hopefully something, you know, because you guys have what? You've just released an EP, you know, a few weeks ago called, would you believe, Have You Got Something to Say? First off, great EP, love it. It's just, as I think I was saying before the interview, just your full-on guilt-free pop, you know, just the full, <laughs> full bubblegum, so to speak, um, which I think is funny because it's, you've got the bubble speech bubble thing going on in your, your album artwork, which I love. Yeah. But firstly, how are you feeling? Because it's been normally when I interview artists, they're like a week out, a couple of days out from they've just released it. But you guys have had like a good month to wrap your head around things since the release date. What's it, what's it been? What's the roller coaster been like in those preceding weeks? Oh, and, you know, pres- you know, the after weeks, the aftershock as well. It's been, I feel like it was such a long time ago now. I feel it's, yeah. I mean, last week we had our EP launch, our physical one on the Gold Coast, so local show. And that was probably the best, like, celebration for us to really like feel into the EP after releasing it and just like kind of letting it go a bit because we have a little bit of a team to help us release all the stuff. Um, And, yeah, it feels almost like we're ready to just write some new stuff now and, yeah, move on. I think as with most artists, the release process takes such a long time. You actually feel like you created the artwork. Yeah. Like last year, I guess, we, we made it. So it's yeah, it's definitely a huge relief to finally get it out there and people to actually hear it rather than just tell them it's coming all this time. I know, <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> but but no, it's 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 serious because this is such a common thing that gets brought up so often. It's that you are so over it once it's out, <laughs> and like not in a bad way. It means you're sort of you're not resting on your laurels, but it really is like that, isn't it? Because people do- and again, I bring this yeah. up so often, so people, sh- my regular listeners, shouldn't be surprised. It takes so long to get the bloody thing out, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You can't just wake up and go, I'm going to put, put an EP out and then just do it. It's like, as, I, as you guys obviously very well know, there is a bit of a, bit of a process behind that. Um, yeah. 
you were mentioning just before, Scott, about the team that you have behind you. Um, tell us a bit about that because obviously if you're, you know, if you've got that really good team, you're obviously, you must be really eager to sort of sing their praises, I'm guessing, for, for, for want of a better, better you know, term. Um, we definitely are keen to sing, sing their praises, but I'm going to have to let Alicia take this one because she's the one that handles all that side of it. <laughs> Yeah, we have actually everyone on our team is called Michael. So <laughs> anyone ever enjoying? <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Thanks, thanks, Michael, for putting your putting your effort in too, letting us know about these lovely artists as the uh, awesome yeah. awesome publicist. Um, so, wait, are you being legit, or are you just saying it's only Michael? <laughs> oh no, we just everyone like we have a drummer who comes in for the live show. His name is Michael. <laughs> Our marketing guy is also called Michael. Oh, man. <laughs> Team of Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a joke in there. I'm trying to think of what reference it is, whether they walk into the room and everyone's named the same thing. But, like, I think this this is a joke that is just overused in so much different comedy. It's like, yeah, everyone's called Michael. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> that's great. That, like, that's, that's a... That's surely a coincidence, or in the vetting process, <laughs> do you in the interviewing process you go, oh, so okay, so it's like you see, it's like we've got a John here, nah, we've got a, we've got a Daniel, nah, fuck off, Daniels, um, <laughs> Michael, Michael, hmm, well I like the sound of him, well, I think we'll keep him. Round name, <laughs> yeah. So every process from now on will be you must at least have Mike in your name. <laughs> <laughs> You guys should have just named your duo Michael and Michael and then. <laughs> <laughs> Michael boys. <laughs> Michael boys. <laughs> Michael boys. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we, I was going to say, I don't think, yeah, we don't, like I don't know. Like even here at the station we have a Mick that does one of our other shows, but it doesn't go by Michael because Michael's just a bit too, <laughs> bit too formal. Is it, is it short for Michael? I don't even know. You know what? I haven't actually looked his birth certificate. He just goes by Mick. <laughs> I'm talking about, folks, the lovely, lovely Mick Moore from the, um, the Heavy Reborn podcast. Go and check it out if you haven't already. Um, but he's a he's a funny guy. He probably he'd probably um, tell you to fuck off. <laughs> he's like, I'm not. No, he's he's an awesome, awesome bloke, Mick. If you're listening, I love you. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm I'm sure the whole Michael thing is it just literally just a, a happy accident, is it? Yeah, it is. Listen, we've used a few. Different uh, PR companies, but yeah, we're, we're really happy with this one. But in Kick, kick Push, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Michael from Kick Push, great guy. Um, but with it though, because it's not just it's a bit of like everybody's sort of putting together. It's really a team effort, I suppose. Not just you know yourselves, but also your your publicity and marketing, and also as you were saying before, the people you get in to play on the record. What do you think? wouldn't happen if it had just been a solely solo effort between the two of you and you hadn't got any other input from anyone else? What do you think these other people have added that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise? Oh, everything, like all the PR stuff, yeah. I would never have enough energy or contacts to do that. Yeah, that's definitely why we hired it in. With it, though, um, when you're putting together well, – actually, let's talk about the EP, because the, EP the making of, because um, I always like – digging deep into that sort of thing mm-hmm. with it what was the the aims with it when you set out like was it pretty solid in terms of the idea of the record because when you listen to it it's a very sort of solid tight ep but every song on there 
Like there was no duds. It was all pure balls to the wall, fun, just fun pop music, you know. Was that the yeah. intention when you had it moving in or was there some completely different idea when you started? Um, when So Alicia basically wrote my, the, most of those songs. Um, the, the band didn't exist at the time. It wasn't actually a band. It was probably probably leaning towards like a solo EP of hers. Um, this would have been last year, I guess, yeah. And then we brought them into the studio and kind of just, gave him a bit of a rebirth from being like a, a guitar-based singer-songwriter. Yeah. Even some of the like more acoustic kind of bass to, yeah, bringing that pop element to them. Um, but you'll probably notice like each song kind of has a bit of a different flavour as well. Mm, mm. I well, think with anyone's first EP, yeah, it's a bit of a finding finding your sound and finding your own style. Yeah, sort of f- fumbling around in the dark per se. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but you say that though, Scott. But like, oh, it was going to be guitar driven. But there was still, you know, it wasn't totally devoid of the six string. There was still a bit of electric uh, going on there. Correct. Yeah. Um, that like I am predominantly a guitar player, so mm. I guess I guess my writing always comes back to the guitar. Um, and and in the live show, I knew I'd be playing a lot of guitar. So. Um, it's definitely still a big part of it. Yeah. Just moving away from more like the acoustic sort of singer-songwriter vibe, rootsy stuff. But- so was that essentially your idea, Alicia, originally to begin with? Because, you know, you're talking about that whole solo artist thing. Was that was it going to be a lot more acoustic when you were when you were putting together these songs and first thinking of the idea of putting out this EP? Yeah. So the, actually the idea for the EP started when I was applying for a grant mm. and then that was like a RADF, Regional Arts Development Fund grant. And, you know, with grants, you never really know what you're going to do until you write the grant. So then I wrote yeah. the grant and thought, oh, okay, so I should still just try and do this project of releasing an EP. And me and Scott have been working together a lot. Like, okay. we've, been mixing, we've been mixing some tracks that I had, like, recorded myself um, and, yeah, we work so well together and he just, his production is so awesome, I think. And I just thought, oh, it'd be so good to not just do it on my own anymore. I'm just getting a bit mm. sick of being the solo artist and being the only one on the team, not only to do every part of every job, if you know what I mean. And I'm just like, even just to celebrate, it's so nice to have a team around you to celebrate with, like on creating something. So. So that's when I was like, hey, you want to be a duo? And then, yeah, and then it went from there with the production, getting in the studio. Um, yeah. I was going to say, did you guys actually, were you guys pretty close before you decided to work together or was it by accident, by chance, pretty pretty soon beforehand? Yeah, well, as Alicia said, we, we definitely worked together a fair bit. Yeah. Um, Alicia had a handful of solo songs that, that mm. she'd released pr- prior to Genie Boy, which I'd, I'd generally still at least done the mixing for um, and, and some of the kind of production stuff. Yeah. But I guess I guess moving moving it to a, a duo was just like kind of opening the door up to mm. me actually contributing <laughs> yeah. to the song songwriting. And <laughs> You're not just a meat, piece of meat to be used and abused. <laughs> Unlike that, unlike that, Michael and Michael and Michael. 
Actually, just say Michael, then you, they never know who they talk. You know who you're talking about. You know, well that Michael. <laughs> Keep them guessing, I say. But oh, poor Michaels. <laughs> but was it was it going to be originally just that you were going to only be just the producer? And Alicia was still going to be Alicia's solo EP, even after you decided to work together. Or was it pretty obvious, like, as soon as you worked together, it's like, nah, duo, definitely going to do the duo thing? Yeah, I think when we when we decided on doing the EP and, like, I'd written the songs, it was definitely, like, let's make a duo. Yeah. And then you can really, like, make the song, like, produce the songs how you want to do it. Like, I, I really wanted to kind of, like, let go of the reins in that area and just focus on the lyrics and the melodies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it kind of, um, like, trickled over into, like, post-release as well, like, having the two of us work together. Like, Scott does all the show production and musical mm. direction mm. and stuff like that, and then I do all the admin side. So it's just been so good to, to split it down the middle. I was actually going to say that actually travels really nicely into what I was going to ask next, which is what I was going to say, the spheres that you two in, in, inhabit and I guess the skills that you bring, you each of you bring to the plate, but it sounds like, yeah, you've got like a very different skill set, which is actually really useful for a group because it means you can combine it into something a bit yeah. greater. It's so awesome. It's like the first time it's worked for me this way. Mm. It's usually like Uh-oh. a good band. There haven't <laughs> been any disaster. We're gonna, you know, the real earthquake has been your, has been your, has been you guys' personal lives, obviously. No, <laughs> that's why. So that's why I'm so heartbroken in all these songs, Daniel. I'm, I'm not surprised. No, no, not, not to try and pry or anything. Um, but it sounds like you've had a lot of experience in terms of, you know, learning curve and not necessarily having like bad experiences with bad people, but. Knowing, you know, who's going to be able to just gel with you and work, and it sounds like you guys are now in a position where you're very comfortable with each other. Am I? Is that? Does that sort of? Yeah. Sum yeah, up? definitely, definitely. Um, as a, as a live band too, we only have one extra member, which is our drummer Michael, mm. one of the Michaels. Um, not to say we won't expand that at some point, but it has been really nice keeping a nice tight unit. We all get along really well and it's just so much easier to keep it all together. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's um, what's the choice with keeping things simple in terms of your live shows? What um, what appeals to that rather than going for something maybe a bit more bombastic? Well, I think we always knew that we wanted to include some electronic elements with the live show. Mm. Um, so as most musicians will know, that, that genuine, genuine, <laughs> Generally me, sorry. Generally me do mean. English well. Me, me it's okay. For, for context, guys, it's, make music. it's it's Saturday. We'll say it's, we want to say t- what time it is. We can lie about the time. Say it's 8, 8.30 oh, in the we, morning. Yeah, oh, we had a gig last night. Yeah, it's been oh. hard, hard life. Oh, yeah, the old, the old post-stage wobbles. Yeah, and I... <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'm missing that shit right now, guys. I'm very jealous of you guys yeah. having the opportunity to still gig. But um, but yeah, sorry, you were saying about the um. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, including some electronic elements. So yeah, we play play to the backing tracks live. Like um, we have click track running in our ears. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that opens up a whole nother plane that that you can play with in terms of sounds and um. 
yeah, and hence not the the need to put together like a six or seven piece band to yeah. try and recreate. <laughs> yeah, the stuff we make in the studio. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair enough because because <laughs> you're going on before about how you were always very much a guitar driven guy, Scott. So yes, have you had to sort of and don't say swallow your own prejudices, you know, musical prejudices, but. Back in your younger days, would have you been a bit less, a bit more put offish by the whole idea of going electronic? Quote, you know, quote sure. unquote. Like, is that a bit yeah, of a, yeah. a bit of a case? You look back and go, "Wow, I've really matured." <laughs> Sonically, I look how far I've come. <laughs> so, what did you say, Scott? I said, "Look how far I've come." <laughs> But like, let's go back. Playing you know, track. like, how long have you been doing? Like, how long have you been doing this sort of thing, Scott? Because beforehand, you were saying you're the the most senior of the two of you. So I mean, where, where like, if you compare yourself to say when you started, like, what yeah. did you say? Oh. Ha- what would you say? Have you do you do you most appreciate about where you are now compared to where where you were when you started? Um, I think I I never really put any effort into like behind the scenes of like releasing and building the business and the brand and all that. I was always just gung-ho at making songs with with the band and getting out there and playing them, but never really amounting to all that much, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Can you think of any sort of examples? Because it's been a while since I've asked this this question and it always – always gives a fascinating answer because every musician has one like those horror stories of like where you've where you've fucked up so badly at something um musically i mean and you go right this is and it ends up being a really good learning curve so i was going to say there been any any specific horror stories that you're happy to divulge into that sort of go this you know then you look back and go this was really a really good turning point or a really good learning experience Oh, do you mean like specifically musically? Well, I mean, you can uh, I mean, expand that question if you want to, but I'm, I'm thinking musically because, like, I don't know, oh, something happened, I, I did this and then it, it fucked up my live show, you know, and I never do it again, like that that sort of thing. <laughs> um, I'll have to have a bit of a think, but, I, I mean, it, I could definitely say, like, as a lot of young bands, you think touring is going to be a lot easier and more glamorous than it is. Um thinking like, hey, we, we're doing some really great shows in our local area. Let's go to another big city and, and try and do the same thing and then realising that nobody shows up and you've kind of just lost a lot of money. <laughs> is, that a, is, that a, is that coming from the personal experience, is it, Scott? <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Like, As, what's, um, I was going to say, was there, ever a, was there ever, though, a place that you did tour um, – that you went to and you were just blown back by how supportive the locals were? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always found kind of touring regional mm. places to be a bit more rewarding. Like capital cities could, could be quite tough. Like Sydney, for example, I've always found really tough um, to just sort of show up and put on a gig and try and get people there. Yeah. Um, like comparatively, we used to love playing out at a place called Maitland, um, just just outside of Newcastle, mm. um, just because it had this venue that was just super supported by local music lovers, and didn't really matter who you were if you if you were a band coming through, you'd have a full full house to play to. So, I was going to say, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard anyone talk about Maitland as a place to go and play. Is the the venue that you're talking about still around? Um, it has changed a little, and and to be honest, I'm not too sure. It, it was called the Junkyard, or yeah. the Grand Junction Hotel. Um, yeah, it was just a, a really 
common um, spot for people like traveling that whole east coast. Mm. It's just, mm. yeah, a great little gig. It is like that because those sort of towns and small regional cities are the perfect size to have enough people to show to have be passionate about music and show up regardless mm-hmm. because it's just the place to be. And I feel like it's the the lack. It sometimes seems to be the lack of choice because they go, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, even larger towns like uh, the the example I'm going to use is Bendigo because that's the that's the example I'm familiar with because I know people from there and I've been there and experienced the scene. But even a, a town of a hundred thousand people um, is going to only have a certain amount of people that are into certain types of music. So there'll usually only be one or two places and they're always complaining about how small the scene is, but you tend to find because of that, it concentrates everyone in the one place. So everybody shows up. So I don't know whether it's that or whether it's the fact that there's less, you know, less other types of entertainment or whether it's just, I don't know whether there's other factors involved, but it always seems to be the place with those regional, regional centers. I think the avenues for promoting the gig are a bit more streamlined as well. Like, um, you know, maybe there is just uh, one radio station that that, that scene kind of listens to or there's one street press that yeah. everybody reads or whatever it is. Actually, that's something um, I hadn't thought about because then the same thing again. Yeah, there's not – there is one local paper, you know. There's mm. one – there's one – there might be a community radio station that that everybody's going to listen to. Now, I don't know how many like sort of music-centric radio stations that you guys can – sort of be involved with up there at the Gold Coast, but down here in Melbourne, you do. You have you have not only the two big citywide community stations, and I'm talking specifically of PBS and Triple R respectively, which are awesome, by the way, but every yep. council's got yep. their own local station, which is specific to that area. Then you've got like online broadcasters such as us, and there's a few of us floating around as well as all these brilliant music publications. But you really are sport for choice. But when you get to these centres outside the capital cities, you're not wrong. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, I guess that uh, contributes to it. Yeah. It's interesting to think about because, yeah, it's not ne- – no, it's different, different scenes, like not necessarily worse than the other, but they sort of – they function a bit differently, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And the scenes overlap a bit more too. Like it's not mm. strictly uh, a roots scene, for example, or a – or a, a pop scene, it's, you know, they, they all kind of intermingle a bit more. Yeah, yeah. In a smaller town, I mean, yeah. What do you guys, because you guys are, you know, pretty much, lo- well, comparatively speaking, locals up to that area, you've never moved there to you know, get to the scene or what have you, you know. You didn't, you didn't decide that, oh, I just want a sun change or a, a rain change, you know, if we're talking about the weather. <laughs> What, but what keeps you in the Gold Coast as far as musicians are concerned? What what do you really appreciate about your local scene up there? Well, Alicia is actually fairly new to the Gold Coast. Um, uh, how long have you been here? Two years? Yeah. yeah. I, I've been here my whole life. Um, I, I shouldn't generalise, I, I know. <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't <laughs> jump okay. to conclusions. But that actually <laughs> that actually gives us a good comparison. So, Scott, you yourself yeah. being a... a, a, a you know, a Gold Coast native, so to speak. Yes. What is it that you really appreciate about it and keeps you where you are? Uh, look, I've definitely delved deep into the scene. Like I, I've played in a lot of different bands in a lot of different genres. Mm. Um, so I feel like I'm like I've definitely got my roots in here. Um, there's yeah, there's a great support. There's um, we recently just had the Gold Coast Music Awards, which is like a good example of all the genres kind of 
intermingling and everybody supporting each other and, you know, the local press and even the local council mm. um, being supported. Yeah, I was going to say, um, was I, did I, I think I saw something the other day that said you guys got nominated for a, a Gold Coast award. Am I? Yes, uh, we were finalists for a song, song release, yeah. And Scotty won Musician of the Year. So, uh, so you, you went a bit muffled there. So, what song, what, what were you nominated for? Um, so, Jeannie Boy was nominated for a finalist for Song of the Year. Oh, nice. Um, which which no, one? Not a winner. Uh, Fool's Play. Fool's Play. The one that we didn't play. <laughs> the one we didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Go and listen to the fucking EP later, guys. Yeah. You'd be a, you'd be a fool not to. <laughs> but which is really cool. Uh, by the way, and then cool. and then Alicia, you said something after that about Scott, and I didn't quite hear it. Oh uh, yeah, he won Musician of the Year at the Gold Coast Music Awards. Oh, Scott, cheeky, yeah. well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, okay. congratulations. Uh, um, that's that's really cool. So you got the R. Uh, did you have a? Did you have a? Is it one of those awards? I don't know what the shape of the the Gold Coast Music Award is, but is it one of those ones where they've shaped? Suspiciously, like a, a drinking vessel, so you can go and celebrate with it afterwards. Is it one of those type awards? Actually, you'll never guess what it is. It's made by a local artist, a sculptor. Okay, um, it's it's a it's a Lego man with a skeleton head. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably drink out of his eyeballs. He's, he's kind purposes. of become he's become the icon. Okay, okay, nice. The award. All right. Yeah. I mean, I like how they um. I like how they uh, uh, support local artists with that too. Yeah, Dion, Dion Parker. Nice. So you were saying before too about the council. So the Gold Coast Council, are they very involved yep. with trying to push the arts at the moment? Yeah, I'd, I'd say they've been great. Um, we have a, a big venue called Hotter, which is called Home of the Arts. Mm, mm. Um, it was previously known as the Gold Coast Arts Centre um, a, a few years back. But, um, yeah, Hotter, is, it's been amazing. Um like not only the venue itself having so many opportunities and you know different size platforms for artists, but um, they even offered like a series of of small grants mm. for artists last year to deliver um, some some sort of digital media or digital release. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think the council's been been great. That's good. It's like it doesn't get brought up enough. I think um, when we talk about it, but yeah, when you get a when you get a local local government that really does appreciate and support local culture, it can really go a long way. Yeah, there's quite a few um, kind of council uh, council supported festivals. Like yeah. we have Blues on Broad Beach, um, and it, yeah, a couple others like that. There's a country music one coming up called Groundwater. Mm. Um, they're huge. Yeah, they're quite big. They're kind of like a like a takeover, take over the town kind of. Oh, country festivals always are, aren't they? Or the blues, <laughs> blues or country festivals are because there's like a whole. They're like they're like a they're like a crew of gypsies. They just rock up. Yeah, <laughs> rock up, yeah. have a bit of fun, and leave. Because I know, <laughs> and I remember, I was talking to a lady that I know down here that is involved with um, sort of a folk festival scene, and I don't think a lot of people realise there's like a whole whole chain of them and they they time them so they don't clash with oh, each yeah. other because literally yeah. the same mob will just travel around the country all year uh, on what they literally call the fe- the festival circuit which is like makes sense that it's called a circuit because they're literally going around the country just constantly on the road 
and definitely, yeah, it'd be the same. Yeah. I imagine for the blues, blues guys, and then the country guys as well. But yeah, and or every other sort of artistic endeavor that has a has a dedicated fan base or dedicated following. So it's, yeah, it's interesting that that like they do, they take over the town for a bit, don't they? <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Oh, okay, we're comparing. Okay, so we're going to compare it to the base level schoolie mob. <laughs> is that like? Is that the the? Is that the you know the 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 real the common well not common denominator the the base denominator? Is that that everything? Is that where you work up from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, better than schoolies. Well, this um, the blues on Broad Beach. It was a bit hectic. I think <laughs> to get a bit rowdy. Yeah, they got um a, like a, they got Wolf Mother in to headline it and i think that's the first year they ever got like a rock kind of young band <laughs> yeah well i mean and what then they, they always called wolf mother like the led zeppelin the australian led zeppelin so it's like it, it's yeah. like blues like look to be honest if they if they'd gone in and got the wiggles in it's like well that'd be a bit dodge for a blues festival it's like when they when they induct rappers into the rock and roll rock and roll hall <laughs> of fame and you're like really <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like like Wolf Mother. I can get they're a blues rock band, quote you know, quote. So it's I kind of get that, but yes, they're like it's a bit of a dip. It's a, they're probably used to a rowdier scene per se. I get what you mean by that. Yeah, it got so intense that it was actually all seated until Wolf Mother came on, and everyone just kicked the seats aside and stood on. <laughs> and then it got so crazy that they kept. Stopping Wolf Mother and getting them off stage every three songs yeah. and announcing over the speaker to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like what a what a load of what a load of killjoys. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty normal kind of rock and roll crowd behaviour, but I suppose in the midst yeah. of of a pandemic, they were just trying to keep a lid on it. it oh, this it. was last year, was it? This was um this year. This- yeah. <laughs> Earlier this year. So okay, um, that, I was wondering why the fuck they decided to have chairs on a main main stage, but I, I yeah, kind of I get that makes a lot more sense. Are we talking like garden garden plastic chairs? Is that the kind uh, of chair we're talking about? Like fold cheap up. fold up chairs, right? Quite light. And um, yeah, they were literally just being like hurled over the <laughs> over the barricade. <laughs> <laughs> See. <laughs> oh, Oh, like, I'm, I'm going to put the blame squarely on the um, the organisers. Like, if you want to have a rock and roll gig, and you're trying to get people to stay seated, have them bolted to the fucking ground. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. I just like obviously, obviously, there's no rock and rollers in the in the uh, organisers organisers tent. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you look at um, the Byron Blues Fest, which didn't, didn't go ahead, it, it was going to be all seated as well. See, at least they had the foresight to cancel the bloody thing. Like, I know it's a, it is a terrible shame that they've had to cancel twice in a row. Yeah. But, the, yeah, they don't know what they've – those who are – those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, you know, <laughs> to quote yeah. fucking – was it Roosevelt or whatever? But <laughs> but it's exactly like that. If you <laughs> Guys, learn from the – what's the name of the festival called, the, the one that you guys had with Wolf Mother? That was Broad Beach Blues. Broad Beach Blues. Guys, look up Broad Beach Blues Gate 2021. Blues. <laughs> Something very similar happened down here, actually, at a, of all places, a darts competition a couple of years ago, <laughs> where there was a riot, 
over the game. Okay. This is in like some indoor sports stadium, and they the way it was set up, they had they had plastic chairs because of the the way the place was set up. And yeah, there was a riot, and they started chucking the chairs in one big pile in the middle out to cancel the game. Um, they, were, they were throwing darts at each other. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a wild sport darts. <laughs> <laughs> like if your game is designed to be played in a pub, be prepared yeah. for, for some antics. So you have to be drunk. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the problem. They weren't serving alcohol. Um, <laughs> so, Scott, obviously you're very, very proud of your local scene, and which makes sense being a local. But Alicia, you as you were as you guys were saying before, you've only been in town for a couple of years. So, what what do yeah. you particularly like, and what has you know really attracted you to the to the Gold Coast scene over the last few years? Um, I would say the same about. Just all the events that happen and all the opportunities. There's a bunch of other free things that go on that we didn't mention, that like for artists and lots of opportunities to connect with artists. And and then Scott also had the music studio down. So that's a big four factor. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sure that was that was definitely the deciding factor, wasn't it? Like ah, uh, I could. I could stay where I am and travel, or I could move in with the guy that has a studio in his house. Hmm. <laughs> I would say that was why, but real. <laughs> I would say that was why, but no, no, that was actually the reason why, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, and yeah, everyone's, yeah, like just even you being here for so long was a really great way to kind of meet a whole bunch of different musicians and artists as well. Um, yeah, love it. I mean, I came from the Sunshine Coast. I wasn't there for long either, but I was there for a couple of years and that also has a really uh, supportive scene mm. up that council-wise and there's a bunch of independent artists up there really making moves. Um, so it's like a sister city. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, people always get the two confused down here. Gold, sun, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there even any difference? <laughs> It'll be yeah. Melbourne soon. I think everyone's moving up here. Yeah. Maruchidor, Smaruchidor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to say before I forget too, um, Scott, you were mentioning before because I commented, I gave you a very good compliment about, or I thought it was a good compliment about how your uh, your hat and your outfit was very Jumaquai esque. Oh, yeah. And then you were going on about how you actually make your own own costumes. Well, yeah, we we made that one. We just we wanted to run with this theme of like opposites in some way or another. So we went with the the spots and stripes. Right. And, uh, Sorry, uh, that wasn't an interruption. A- I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's actually no, something you're- something deeper going on here. You know. <laughs> well, it's just a, a, a little bit of a uh, a symbol or representation of kind of two two different um backgrounds of music for between alicia and i mm. kind of coming together um so it was just like a little theme that we thought we'd, we'd run with and yeah we we just decided to make some outfits to to represent it we, we basically do our own photos as well so that photo is just us standing in our lounge room um <laughs> with a with a little button to take the photo <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and clearly, the old uh, you got some green screen thing going. So you throw up the old old green sheet. That's correct. Green sheet. Um, some an op shop suit. Some house paint. <laughs> so <hours. laughs> oh my. So they pay, are they? Because if you look here, you got the you're wearing the 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 polka dots. 
Scott, and Alicia, you, you zebra it up with your with your stripes. So they actually did. You guys paint on those um, patterns, did you? Uh, I painted on, or well, Alicia and I painted on the spots, but mm. this the stripes was. Uh, I already owned those clothes for yeah. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was going to say in- interesting fashion phase, obviously. <laughs> Do you, do you I've con- never worn them together, but I was very impressed with. <laughs> right. So, are you? you Why well, do you consider yourself a little bit of a fashionista, do you, Alicia? <laughs> oh, no. Well, if you call <laughs> uniform stripes fashion, yeah, Beetlejuice, bit of Beetlejuice inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like it's very nineteen, very Paris in the nineteen sixties. Um, I don't know. Is, I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking like if you. I reckon in twenty years, Alicia, if you play your cards right, you could be a you go for the full Corella Deville vibe. If you keep the Ooh. whole stripe of things up, if you take up, I don't know if, if you want to take up, you know, start smoking a in a cigarette holder, you know, um, you just uh, just start chain it. smoking for the next twenty years, and you'll just get the right accent going, you know. <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit of crispiness. <laughs> in the esophagus, like um, I know, I know your your vocal range will probably suffer, but I mean, it's all for the art, isn't it? <laughs> for the aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> and when rename, you know, you got to get, you know, just start, you know, he'll start calling Scott. She'll start calling you Anita. <laughs> Who's Anita? Although you're the actually, you could actually, you could be Perdita, the um, the Dalmatian with those spots. Ah, yes, I can be the Dalmatian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. Good memory. Can, can you guys? Oh, one hundred and one Dalmatians is my favourite classic Disney film. I used yeah, you're to a big. Grew up watching it. You're a bigger nineties Disney fan than us. That was from the sixties. You talking about the? You talking about the the live action remake? Yes. We don't we don't speak about that. Oh, oh. No, no, the cartoon is that from the sixties? Yeah, it was when it was oh, wow. when old yeah. when old boy OG OG Walt was still alive. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. No, um, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, look, the remake was was a bit of fun. Uh, old Glenn Close. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Did a good I old job. <laughs> and, then, and then, um, what's his face was one of the one of the thugs. Um, what's his name? Ah, House. You know, um, kind of think I can't, I can't remember his name. You know, um, fucking Blackadder. People are yelling at their speakers right now, trying to tell me his name. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking <laughs> about, don't you? House, yeah. You're not, you're not going to look him up. No, I was going to say, you're not going to give me a name. I'm just going to, I'm not going to even no. say his name. We'll just let the audience try and do Hugh their Laurie. own convoluted Google search. Oh, Is it Hugh Laurie? <laughs> I told you not to tell me his name. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm referring to Hugh Laurie, yes. Um, <laughs> but um, I want to quickly briefly touch on, because I'm, I'm a bit, bit conscious of time. We're going we're going a bit over, a bit longer than I said we would. Um, but I do want to briefly touch on, on your gigs, because- um, because uh, you guys, I'm assuming, have got some, some got some shows coming up, yeah? Yeah, we do have a couple. Yes. Um, this coming weekend, we have the Caloundra Music Festival, which is on the Sunshine Coast, not oh, the okay. Gold Coast. So we shouldn't bag out. We shouldn't bag out the Sunshine Coast too much, then. <laughs> no, no. So Caloundra, awesome. what's um? So what kind of setup will be the 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 trio of you up in that one? Yep, yep, trio with the drummer. Um, it, yeah, Calandra's a great festival. It, it normally does have a really great international mm. kind of component to it, mm. um, which it won't this year, unfortunately. But um, uh, it kind of leans heavily into the soul and funk sort of scene 
which is um, sort of where you can sort of scrape in with your style, you know? It's sort of just allow, like, your songs have just got enough funkiness to it that you can kind of get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a bit I cheeky. <laughs> I think also the guy who runs the festival is so supportive of new acts coming through. I feel like every time I've made, like, a new band, he's, he's always kind of, if I end up playing somewhere where he is, mm. like, socialising, He'll like he'll invite you to play the festival. You just have to be in the right place at the right time, which yeah. is you got this one actually. Well, I was going to say with you talking about having international artists usually, but um, it sort of makes me think actually it's not necessarily a bad thing because it gives more opportunities because got to get That's the, right. the spots filled by local artists. Um, it's very similar yeah. to when like this year when we had the Melbourne Comedy Festival, internationally renowned festival, usually has a lot of big names and they are usually the draw cards. Which is all well and good, but um, I was talking to a few comics this year, and they're going, "Oh yeah, fucking internationals! They're always taking away our ticket tickets." Um, but this year, it was all local. It was all you know domestic comics, and to be honest, it was kind of refreshing to own to have to look at this this you know the what do you call it the the schedule or whatever, and it all all Aussie or the large majority are Aussie comedians or Aussie artists, so. It's it's kind of refreshing when that you know the, it's like you know silver linings so to speak. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's so much talent around. It is just it's creeping through the cracks, uh, isn't it? <laughs> Plastic we, we chairs went- and all. <laughs> <laughs> we actually went to uh, the Adelaide Fringe Fest this year for the first time. Oh, okay. That was awesome. Heaps of heaps of comics there, especially a lot from Melbourne, and yeah, again, just local stuff. Yeah, yeah, heaps of fun. Gives them a gives us an excuse to actually wander over that part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's that's really cool. So Caloundra is going to be. Well, I was going to say, is it next weekend? Is it? Yes. All right. So that's actually, coming. yeah, I was going to say. So uh, next weekend, which will be this weekend as of release. So if you are in the Gold Coast or in that part of Queensland, do yourselves a favour and get down there, see some music. Yeah, it's a great festival. Now, we're going to be getting on to playing another song in a sec, aren't we? We're going to cheekily transition to, a, to, to another song of the EP. Now, this one we're going to play is actually uh, the final song off the record and one that you guys picked as something you, something you particularly wanted to talk about. Now, I got the impression that there was a bit of, bit of vitriolity or vitriol- vitriality. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, I think it's just vitriol, isn't it? Vitriol. A bit of vitriol. Yeah, I'm probably right. I'm, I make up words all the time. They sound like, Alicia, that your lyrics were, had a bit of vitriol going on there and not, not, to sound, not to sound like a critic or anything, but there must be some passion and fire going on there to, to come up with something like that. <laughs> there was. It was actually not my story, though. It was a story uh, of a friend of mine from Lismore. Um, she... She had a little music venue called mm. Dusty Attic. Yeah. And like most music venues, I think the council always seems to make it so hard for you to start up. And mm. So that's kind of her story. I like the balance here. You're like praise, praise councils one minute, bang, sh- you know, hang <laughs> shit on the other. I feel like that keeps us nice and balanced, you know, with journalistic integrity, 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, go, go on. There's this venue in Lismore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she just had a lot of trouble, like financially and just no support, being the only kind of original music venue, bringing touring acts into town and, um, yeah, creating that scene and she was just a bit let down by it. There was a bit of corruption in there. 
um, with money, hence the name Dirty Money. Um, and, yeah, that's in a very general sense, that's what the song's about. It's just her story. Mm. I was going to say, is the, ven- the venue still around, is it? No. Oh, no. shame, because I was going to go, like, get down to Lismore when it's- everything opens up again. And But no. in- honestly, support... If you're in lockdown, guys, support the uh, support your local music venues when they open up again because they will be needing your patronage. Oh, and, yeah. And I would suggest ordering plenty of drinks. Be liberal with that wallet, guys. They need the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's it's it's kind of um, good that you've got a sort of a story to tell, like even though the venue's not open anymore, it's a, it's a story that can be repeated, I think, anywhere in the world, you know, because yeah. music venue, like good – music venue um, managers and owners really get into it because they absolutely usually love the music and they they, they want to try and create something special. Uh, so it's good to sort of bring that to light, I feel. It's so – like even just after organising our EP launch last weekend and being like taking the reins on that and having that amount of stress in organising one event, I just couldn't imagine – owning a venue and doing that multiple times a week, especially now in COVID. Mm. We played at a, at a venue recently, like for the EP launch that our friends own. And yeah. we know that they've got kids, they've got every kind of liability that like relies on them making money. And it's just like, wow, we take our hats off to these guys really persisting and keeping the scene alive. Mm. There's a lot of venues I noticed that are doing reno while in lockdown because they can't do anything else and they would normally not have the time to. I'm a bit worried because yeah. all these venues, you, their character comes out of the fact they're like grimy, sort of gritty <laughs> rock and roll venues. I'm kind of worried they're going to go back after lockdown. They're all going to be too bit too spick and span and be like, oh, that, that mould on the wall was part of the character of this place. It's like now the floor's not sticky. I don't, it doesn't feel yeah. the same. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking in, it wasn't a music venue, but it's like a bar that you usually rock up at night, late at night, and it was always popular with the backpackers. I remember after the first lockdown, I went back for a couple of late night drinks just by myself. It was one of those bars you could just rock up by yourself and, and start chatting to some really interesting people. And it just wasn't the same because it was all these, the, the, and it, I realized, and it was obvious, it was the international people that oh, made yeah. it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting coming out and seeing what, you know, behavior behaviorally has changed, and you know whether you know the the same things that we love are still going to be there. Not to put everyone in a downer, <laughs> but in all honesty, um, guys, it's been a lot of fun having having this old chit chat with you guys and getting into the nitty gritty of your EP and your sorted the sorted details of your past lives. <laughs> you too, Dan. Oh, thank you. Yes, I was ranting for a good half an hour before we started the interview, so. <laughs> <laughs> to get it out of my system so I could let you guys speak. Very informative. <laughs> but we are going to play um, the song in a short moment. But I just want to say, guys, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having us. Uh, make sure you go and go and give a good old stream to the EP if you haven't already yet. It's out now. It's if you have something to say. And I'd say if you've got nothing to do, go and Give them a give them do them a favor and give them a like and make if you're up in Queensland go to one of their shows and uh, throw a chair at them. <laughs> <laughs> Queensland way, <laughs> the Queensland way. I love it. I love us. Well, take us out on the Queensland way and tell us who you guys are and what we're about to listen to. This is Dirty Money from our EP. And who are you guys? Because I've got oh. dementia. 
Oh my goodness, we are Jimmy Boy. <laughs> Here's the song, guys. Dirty money. Stark from Heavy Reborn. You're listening to AMR. Fly by the old tree house where we used to play. Drunk on the serenity, feelings not the same. She said, Come to me, today's the day. Just you and me, no troubles, they have gone away. Paint on the wall. Are we as high as we let to believe? The tension in the air stronger than before. Praying I believe we'll hold the treehouse down once more.
Howie, wowza. It's me. I'm back. I didn't go anywhere. It's, it's Daniel right here. Just got myself just then a nice old glass of orange juice. So I'm feeling nice and hypey, hypey because we are steaming through these brilliant songs. Uh, right then, you just heard Patient Lounge with Treehouse. And before that, the phenomenal song Dirty Money by Jeannie Boy. Thank you, Jeannie Boy, your champs. Uh, keep it up, guys, and I hope Caloundra this weekend goes swimmingly. I want to also thank Michael from Kick Push PR for getting that one together and all the other Michaels in the world because, you know what, together you'd almost make a management team for a pop duo. I, uh, I do not. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Michael, 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 that's it. I'm never going to say Michael again for a while. Um, yeah, what did we just play? The Patient Lounge. It's a good track, eh? So good, in fact, that Heavy Reborn played it on their most recent episode as of recording, or last week's episode, to be precise. But uh, I digress. Heavy AMR, Heavy Reborn, you ask, is a brilliant, brilliant AMR podcast where the regular crew, aka Jay, Mick, Carly, and GM, get around those, as they say, stoinkers, which are high-quality, heavy songs consisting of the hard rock metal prog punk and all that good shit genres but no um, they actually played the patient lounge song on last week's episode for good reason it's a really good song what did i like about it in particular you ask well in particular guys i did really enjoy the just absolutely phenomenal dynamic range that was going on. You had the really soft parts, the quiet bits you heard, cool little bit, bit of bit of produ- per, you know, percussion going on there, and then bang, went straight onto those loud sections. Just um, yeah, phenomenal sort of 90s-esque ex- executions. But the fact that it just transitioned well between the two, you know, the, the various parts just made it great and good sustain on the vocals as well. Now, who are patient lounge, you ask? Well, they're no strangers to playing around because they've been playing all over. But these guys are the Queensland artists, you know, rocking it up with these Queensland artists today. Um, but they are from Brisbane specifically and have been playing with a few bands over their years and just getting on the old festival circuit as you do. Uh, these guys have probably got more stuff coming up, but I'm sure you'll hear about it sooner or later. But yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, guys. Good song. Uh, you should, you very, very should, you uh, should very much get on to AMR Heavy Reborn, which is out every Friday via the website australianmusiciansradio.com, which is the website for anything AMR Australia. You can find links to our show as well um, and all the other AMR programs that have got, and, and, you know, I guess facets of this beast that we're working on at the moment. Um, but speaking of last week's episode of Heavy Reborn, they also featured the next song we're going to play, which is called Secrets by Written by Wolves, the, uh, at the forefront of New Zealand rock and roll, these guys. Again, another New Zealand artist. Uh, actually, yes, we have. No, I was about to say, have we played New Zealand yet? No, we have played a couple of Kiwi acts. Quite a bit of Kiwi acts this week. Not really complaining, though. But no, Written by Wolves, I believe no, no introduction because- Anybody that's a fan of this kind of music has probably heard of them before. Um, They came out with a brand new collaborative project called The Collab Project, which is actually an EP, but has a lot of collabing on it. So, go figure. 
I mean, actually do figure because it kind of makes sense. Uh, the idea being that they would go ahead and do a lot of um, collaborations, hence the name. But this particular song uh, had some vocals from Sonny Sandoval from P.O.D., who um, I think the Reborners were very excited about. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a cool. I'm sure if you if you like listen if you like written by wolves, you've possibly already listened to it. If not, go and give it a listen, I guess. But the song in particular, what did I what did I particularly enjoy? Well, I did particularly enjoy this song, an absolute ooh, favorite of mine this week. I must say, purely because, and yes, why do you ask? <clears throat> Well, purely because if you can get away with as many style changes as this song does, and it still sounds consistent, it's definitely a winner with me. I I have no idea. There's this sort of riff going on. It's like a South Asian-esque guitar riff. I have no idea where it's come from, and I bloody love it. It just works. Uh, in particular as well. I've said in particular a lot right now, but specifically. There you go. Mixed up my words. Specifically. I thought they had a very clever use of percussion just throughout in this song uh, between the sort of the rumbling percussion going on the quiet bits and the heavier drum work in the louder sections. It, it's, it's just it's just how you do it properly, folks. You know, again, good little bit of good little bit of style mix ups in this one. And hence why I like it. After this, though, we're going to play a, another track called Drained by Commoner bringing things back over this side of the Tasman with a bit more pop-punk feels. Am I right, folks? Where are the commoner from? Well, I'm very proud to say they are from Melbourne, so our first local artist of this week, putting out the goods. These guys are pretty brand new to the scene. Apparently, they met up on the festival circuit. And I must say, uh, you know, was a bit of solid plucky guitar work throughout the, vo- throughout the verses which in particular leads well into making the choruses sound extra big when the big oomph of that refrain drops. Um, also, in addition, there was like sort of sound effect going on in the post-chorus. I just thought it added a nice touch, fellas. But in all in all, it's actually thematically worked with the, the lyrics and the themes going on here because it apparently describes the um, singer Sean Fuller's uh, experiences with depression and the the numbness that you can get and the sort of the, the craziness that comes with it. So you get these quiet bits, you get the loud bits. Again, not sort of this dynamic this week. Jeez, Louise. But, uh, yeah, it sort of reflects that very well, I think. Now, uh, Commoner have, uh, well, are very much experienced in that aforementioned touring scene. They've, you know, supported... Everyone from a well, these guys have you know played with everyone from Amenity Inflection, Morat, Yours Truly, and Storm the Sky. So some big names there, and they are pretty much bursting onto the scene now with their own thing. So looking forward to hearing more. I suggest we maybe perhaps play some songs, don't you reckon? I do agree, indeed. It is written by Wolves with Secrets, and after that, Drained by Commoner. We'll be back soon on Bar Talk, folks. Don't you fucking go anywhere. We all got secrets, so are you gonna keep it? See, this is a witness now on the outside, leaving me speechless. Come on, what's wrong with you now? Sweating like a killer on the loose now. Is it the room? Is it true now? I can keep a secret, but I think you better cool down.
Heavy Reborn, and you're listening to AMR. Oh, 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 
Yes, 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 yes. That was Commoner with Drained and before that, written by Wolves with Secrets. Oh, yeah, it's Daniel here from Bar Talk. Continuing on with the phenomenal slew of tracks we have to play for this episode because, you know what, uh, there's no rest for the good musicians and, indeed, there are um, good musicians aplenty this week. So many good tracks, all different styles, and I fucking like it. Where well, What do I talk about now? Well, I think it's a bit uh, coincidental. And, yes, it is coincidental. Don't, don't, don't try and say it was a rhetorical question and say it wasn't a coincidence or I was trying to imply that. I'm not implying anything, guys. Well, actually, no, I, I digress. I, I, I stand corrected. I always say digress when I don't mean digress. Have you noticed that? I stand corrected, folks, uh, because speaking of Queensland, there is, I can hear cane toads are popping up north with uh, Far Q Radio, the awesome podcast run by our Far far North Queensland team, Grumpy and Skeet, interviewing artists, playing some tracks down, you know, just generally being old scallywags. Uh, this week, they had Lucy Gallant on the show, uh, played a few of her tracks, played a few other North Queensland artists, and uh, yeah, just keeping that Cairns vibe going all day and all night, as you do. Where do you find their episodes, you ask? AustralianMusiciansRadio.com. That's right, our beloved website. Go and, go, and, go and give it a visit when you get a chance, if you haven't already. It's a pretty good website. Um, never lets us down, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, what have we got now? More tracks. And as I said, a couple of Queensland artists right now, not right now, but first up, the uh, phenomenal Dave Power, who is a uh, Brisbane singer-songwriter, been in the been doing his thing for years and years, amen. And this is uh, this next song that we're about to play called No Ways off his latest EP, Perspective. And uh, talk about getting a little bit of perspective. What perspective did I get? Well, on this song... So the dreamlike essence, you know, and then the nice warm reverb on everything, sort of the muddied, washed out guitar, swelled keys, sparse electronic percussion. It's all there to sort of get this vibe going to this sort of really sort of daydreamy vibe, you know, about this awesome little love song, you know, it's just the way you want it. Um, but yeah, Dave's a bit of a talent. He plays pretty much everything on this record himself. And uh, I guess that gives you no excuse, but not to give him a little stream when you get a chance. And, and the same with all the other artists too. If you if you do like what you hear, please go and follow them on their socials. I link the bloody artists in the description for one reason and one th- reason only. It makes it fucking easy to find them. I do I do the hard yards, people. You better better fucking give me praise for doing that. But I I nevertheless, um, even if you don't click on their links, just uh, send them some love. You know. Five star them on whatever. <laughs> Review them. Give them a thumbs up on YouTube. I don't know. Do do something at least. Support them. And if they've got any merch going on, buy some bloody merch. That's the only way to make money these days as a musician pretty much. <laughs> and they're all putting on free shows because you guys don't want to fucking pay entry. Nevertheless, uh, there's no way I didn't enjoy this song. Good stuff, Dave. Moving right along. Keeping things in the indie quiet theme right now. A lot of very, you know... Nice bit of bit of you know calm, relaxing, you know, still watered music. We have the phenomenal Gold Coast artist. So you like that? I've matched up the uh, the Gold Coast feature act with a Gold Coast artist. How about it? I'm talking about Naomi Connell and her brand new 
a brand new. I was about to say EP. It's not an EP. It's a it's a single, brand new single. Strangers. Now I'm no stranger to mucking up words like I have there, but nevertheless, this song was an absolute standout. It's, it's so simple, folks. It's so simple. Just just old Naomi and an uh, old guitar, or <laughs> young Naomi and an even younger guitar. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not ageist. I don't care about age. All I care about is the tone of the song. <laughs> which coincidentally usually comes from age. Nonetheless, Naomi has wonderfully toned vocals, um, almost actually reminiscent of a Laura Marling type, you know, and, you know, wink, wink, Jessica Torrey for that matter too, you know. Hi, Jessica, if you're listening. But nonetheless, nonetheless, it was nonetheless my new I digress. They rhyme too. I digress. That Nonetheless, couldn't ask for a, such a mess as my improv. Naomi Connell. Again, uh, it's just a beautiful, just stripped back, simple but effective finger-picking folk guitar song. Nothing too showy. Not that, not that you need it for a song like this. It's a song about growing apart and, you know, becoming strangers, hence the title, guys. But no, it's a, it's a lovely, lovely song. And Naomi's been getting a lot of love, apparently, won the Toyota Country Music Championships last year. So, top of the... Top of the fucking props to you, Naomi. Good shit. We'll certainly be keeping an eye out more for Naomi. I hope her show at the Bearded Lady, which I've heard mentioned quite a few times by Brisbane artists as a phenomenal venue. Apparently, she had her, her showcase or show or you know launch or whatever you want to call it there on Friday the 24th. So, I hope it went well. I hope it went well. I hope not, I hope, I hope not, too, many, um, I hope not too many people tried to get in for free. I don't know. Was there was there an entry? I don't know. I don't keep track of these things, and they they don't bloody include it on the presser, which I find funny because when they when they sent it to us, it was before the show. You think you think that they'd include the price on there, but nonetheless, you know you can't you can only work with the info you have. Uh, but yeah, good stuff, Naomi. Uh, hopefully, we'll be hearing more from you soon. Maybe a, a soft more EP in the works. Well, I'm, I don't have any more words to say. Let's just play the bloody things. Um, <laughs> Dave Powell with No Way, and right after that, Naomi Connell with Strangers. We'll be back soon with a little bit more chit-chat just for you guys. It's, it's, don't you worry, Daniel's going to return with a vengeance. Well, I can see that today has turned to madness Which is from the start But I look back and see my lonely heart In a 
This is Suze, and you're listening to Bar Talk.
is a sickness cured by time The time is made strangers out of us I once was yours but you were never mine So I think it's time to go and leave behind all I know Love is a sickness cured by time The time will make strangers out of us I once was yours but you were never mine So I think it's time to go And leave behind all I know Said I think it's time to go Folks, welcome back. Welcome back. It was uh, the beautiful vocal stylings of Strangers by Naomi Campbell. And before that, Dave Power with No Way. It's uh, like how we're keeping things incredibly chill at the moment and uh, a lot more chillness than we normally would have on a single episode. But in fact, I don't really care because when the songs are this good, well, I mean, they're always good. I don't know why I say when the songs are this good. I mean, the handpick these songs because they're good, you know. So I, I feel like it's an oxymoron to say when they're this good, when they're always this good. So ignore my stupid half lie, white lie ramblings. Uh, half the time, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what? At least the artists do, and that's the most important thing. But uh, most, Im- but even more importantly, is to tell you guys, of course where you can find our socials and where you can find AMR's socials and what else we've been up to because we're busy, busy people. Regardless of what lockdown or non-lockdown status we're in, we've always got just heaps of stuff to do. So, where can you find our stuff, you ask? Well, I say this every week. For those of you that have listened more multiple occasions, you're going to you know, oh, here it is, the socials rundown. Well, you people don't understand. You've got to do this every week, and it's 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 a it's a labor of love, shall we say. So bear with my labor of love as we do this. But <laughs> in all seriousness, our socials, you can find us, Bar Talk. We've got our Facebook page, we've got the YouTube channel with all the interviews, little interview snippets. Go and listen to those when you get a chance. But for AMR Australia, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the old wild west of the three. And I believe that AMR has a YouTube channel that Gareth hasn't touched in about five years, so don't go and look at that YouTube channel, unless he starts revamping it, of course, but you didn't hear that from me. Um, Where can you find our episodes, though? Well, apart from going to our socials, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, TuneIn, bloody – there's a bunch of others, iHeartRadio. Just Google Podcasts, like just wherever you listen to your podcasts, folks, you know where we are. You can also find us on the website, australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash buy hyphen talk or shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk. I was about to trip over my words there for a sec. I've done this how many times? I can't fuck up now. But more importantly, if you are a independent Australian, New Zealand or Pacific Islander artist, 
and you want to get some of your songs played on our show, maybe one of the other AMR shows, or just even streamed on the live stream, send them in to amrairplayatmail.com. Send it all in. The tracks, a bio, tell us what you ate for breakfast. Show us what you ate for breakfast, more importantly. Give us photos, guys. We need press pics. Amount of times I have to trawl through yours, sorry asses, Facebooks to get a decent picture to put on this promo material. Oh, I swear to God. But again, as I said before, always check out the artists that you like on this show because I'm sure they like you too. Yes, and be sure to make sure you check out um, Fuck You Radio and Heavy Reborn when you get a chance. Well, 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 we are at this end, the tail end of things as we sort of round it out with a couple of uh, couple of cool tracks. First up, we have the uh, Auckland-based Sophie Gibson with her absolutely ethereal song, Deeper Waters. Now, I feel absolutely stunned because this song has an extended version, and usually I like to play the extended versions, but all I got was the radio edit. So that's what you're stuck with. But I'm going, I've been listening to the, the extended version, so when you do get a chance, go and stream that because it's a six-minute-long epic with a beautiful... Um, you know, almost like if not ethereal. I was going to say ethereal. I've already said that. It's definitely ethereal. We've established that, but almost at a creepy passage at the end, where it's like these waves that they've recorded. You know, ocean sounds across this sort of creepy synthesizer. So there's about two minutes of that at the end, which you know, I love. I love you. Yeah, I love it when artists try to tap into their, you know, <laughs> their Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd sensibilities to you know add some wild environmental captured sounds. Uh, I mean, it works here. It's a be- beautiful song, nonetheless. And you know, in, in all seriousness, actually, uh, quite a, a dark but but important song because it describes uh, and is about the loss of uh, Sophie's brother to suicide. Thirteen, eleven, fourteen. If you are in Australia, not New Zealand, because that's our lifeline number. If you just want someone to chat to, you know, go and reach out to a mate as well. These are these are trying times, and they don't need to be more trying than they need to be. But yes, Sophie Gibson is a phenomenal um, singer-songwriter from the New Zealand part of the world. And uh, yeah, she wanted to sort of express how, and I quote, still live a beautiful life. Um, You're not alone and you're so loved regardless of what your mental health issues are. So I think that's a very, very good good message to have. Good words, Sophie. Very good words. Um, Apart from that, though, just, you know, me-wise, I, I did enjoy how the song just ascended on in a strums of an acoustic guitar, sort of almost roll, almost you know, mimics between actually between that and the the you know the, the sort of the guitar harmonics going in there and the, the sort of simple yet you know repetitive produ- uh, you know percussion, sort of you know all together almost sounds like an ocean with the uh, gentle swell going on there, especially towards the end. It doesn't you know get too over the top, um, as if you're floating on some still water. Now, moving on, finishing off with a bit of, you know, we don't get too much of it, we don't play too much of it, but a bit of house music. How do you feel about that, folks? A bit of house music courtesy of Brother Santi with his new track, Time Is Now, off his uh, two-track EP, which is the first time I've ever been heard called a dual, dual single release. Pink called an EP, but you know what, whatever, well, however you roll, I suppose. Um, this one didn't come with a radio edit, and I'm so happy because it's a seven minute long house epic, exactly how they're supposed to be. Uh, from his EP called Morning After Volume One by the label Yo City, it's a brand new label, uh, based in Melbourne, so Melbourne represent. 
uh, with the aim to, and I quote, champion new music from black, indigenous, and artists of colour. So love me some diversity. And speaking of diversity, the non-English vocals, beautiful, gorgeous vocals, courtesy of, and apologies for the pronunciation here, Yusupta Nagum. I'll take that as my best stab for the pronunciation there. Yay. Uh, but yeah, as, as you notice, our second non, non-English featured track for the uh, for the week. I think that's a, a personal best as far as Bar Talk episodes are concerned. Not going not gonna to lie. It's good, good, good shit. Really good shit. Um, apparently, the song in itself is about cherishing all those moments uh, with with friends because uh, apparently it's inspired by the um, uh, a f- close friend of Brother Asante's who's now passed away. Uh, again, very serious, <laughs> serious themes. But nonetheless, it's good to finish on some serious themes sometimes. Uh, the other track on the record is also called Beautiful Nightmare. So when you get a chance, maybe give the whole thing a stream and I'm sure it'll be taken away to another world. Um, in, in my case, I was listing worlds that you could get taken away, meaning like late night driving, you know, this is what I could really see it fitting in late night driving playlist on there. You've got the radio on and there's, there's one DJ, he's uh, doing all the jobs, you know, he's making the coffees, he's uh, taking a dump halfway through because he had a burrito for dinner before he went on his shift. Uh, he's doing the production, he's trying to make sure he doesn't make any mistakes and he's holding down that radio studio sports solo. And he plays the seven-minute tracks because he can he can take a smoko break in them, and that's why he's played Brother Asante's song. <laughs> I've played Brother Asante's song because it's a good song to end on. Um, but apart from you know, <laughs> apart from being a late-night driving radio song, I, I you know it's supposed to be a dance club club banger, you know. Yeah, and I thought absolutely, it's the soundtrack to your two a.m. Hayesfield nightmare on the dance floor. I uh, don't know, really know what's going on. Well, I say nightmare very liberally there, you know. Beautiful, beautiful nightmare, so to speak. You're enjoying every minute of it. Um, we go back to the, the vocals, vocal work. Uh, I thought, yeah, it worked actually really well. I had this sort of cool rhythmic pairing going on with the percussion, which you'll hear. And then there's like a sax-like sort of synth tone going on. I don't know whether it's just a real sax, just, you know, reverb to the, the wazoo or whether it's actually just a synthesizer sounding like a sax. However... It's all featured and all based on a beautiful electric piano lo- piano sort of line going on there, and it's built up lovely, lovingly from there. So, Brother Asante, you're, you're a good brother, and you've got some good brotherly tracks. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, Brother Asante is, was um, born in Zimbabwe, so, uh, yeah, some more great immigrant music coming in to this part of this great wide world of ours that we call Earth. Guys, it's been a pleasure having you here solo again. Where you can't talk back because it's not how this works. I'm Daniel Empern, signing out right now. We'll see you next week on another episode of Bar Talk. But in the meantime, let's hear him. Sophie Gibson, Deeper Waters, and Brother Asante featuring Yusupta Nigam with The Time Is Now. Thought I could see the ocean flow. From where I stood Wondering how far I would sink If I
Australian Musicians Radio dot com. <laughs>